0: <laughs> Shila Gurude Ki Jai, Sriman Mahapuru Ki Jai, Sri Hadinam Sankirtan Ki Jai, Sri Karthik Brataki Jai, Sri Randam Dham Ki Jai, Sri Radha Kunda Shamakund Ki Jai, Sri Giriraj Maharaj Ki Jai, Gaur Bhaktavrind Ki Jai, Gaur Primananda Hari 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 Mm. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. No, here. Thank you. You cannot hear me? Hello? We
1: can, I think. You can? I can, at least.
0: Yeah, yes. Just because okay. I read some messages that you say that you cannot hear me. But Okay, here we are. So... <clears throat> to to all of you, welcome. Those online. Here we are also sharing with a nice group of ten Vaishnavs or so in our last days of Kartik Brat and also staying here in Radakunda till two more days. So <coughs> we organized a programme here, so because of that we have changed the timing of of the QA only for today, a little bit earlier. So Nice to see all of you there as well, nonetheless. Um, oh, the connection with off. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so, as usual, or as you may know, we generally meet this type of days for what we call Istagosti. Uh, and Istagosti mostly has to do with...
1: Yeah.
0: Now I'm back, Sorry. So East mostly has to do, as I'm saying, with trying to share in confidence and uh, present whatever questions we may have, whatever topics we may have, something we may like to to explore in in further depth and so on. Mm -hmm. So, priorities for the ones present physically here today, although I know some of you are connected also online and you may have any questions, but... You always find me every single week, so we will give priority to those who made it till here. So I don't know if there are any questions or topics you might like to to speak about, to hear about, to questions or topics, whatever.
2: You want to
0: Shyness is not rewarded in this <laughs> case. <laughs> boldness, boldness. I have,
3: I have a question. Yeah. My question is like uh, after spending so much time in Krishna consciousness like we spend, we have like, we have a good sadhu sangha, we read a lot, we hear from many sadhus and we like do many services also. But even after practicing going on with so many sadhana, austerities and vratas and all, even after like, like spending like, I personally have spent 8 years, and practicing Krishna Ganesh for the last 8 years, but still we don't find that, that taste in the only name and yeah. like, at one point of time the spirituality becomes low, like, so mechanical. Mm-hmm. I seriously feel like what I am doing, like I don't have any taste and also like sometimes I feel the fire of like, yeah, I really want to do it. This is the time that I don't have much time. I have to give my best to go back and back to go right. Mm-hmm. But still like, mm-hmm. I don't know what's that thing which is holding me to give my 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the, exactly the thing which is stopping us to give up the best to Krishna and like, offer this life
0: mm. ok so <clears throat> again that's one of the top five questions <laughs> sometimes presented which are important ones and it's important and one is like wondering why why I'm not making progress or maybe why I do not feel that progress. No, It's not just that we go with the emotions and we become just like attached to be a senior devotee and I don't care if I'm making progress or not but I, get, I receive a big plate of prasad and many, a good number of kijais per day so I'm okay with that. Something, like that. And that's not, of course, the goal. Also, yeah, I will say that to begin with we are not to to measure... Uh, <coughs> our progress with numbers, no because we may say I, i've been so many years doing this, so many, but it 's not so much about quantity but quality. Mm. the Shastra over and over say, "You can chant one one harinam only once fully, and that 's enough that that's a very question that that 's the very question of hmm. Uh, <clears throat> that parikshit Maras made the Sukhadev Goswami, when you know he was cursed to die in seven days, so when he met his Gurudev, Sukhadev Goswami, which is a very <clears throat> unique moment, try to imagine the world, world emperor, senior person, elder person, and a naked boy of 16 years old is walking, and he, he can see, he is my guru. I mean, that, that's a very important point that has to do with, with the reply to this question, because <clears throat> parikshit Maras didn't say, I'm a senior devotee or I'm, I'm the king of the world. I'm elder than you. And Who is this 15-year-old teenage naked boy? He went beyond the formality and just saw that he's my Gurudev. Generally, for us, it would be very difficult if we find someone who is 20 years younger than us, what to speak, naked. No followers. No no big temple. No big mission. No big crowd. Just some followers in Sukkot. They had some boys that were like throwing stones at him actually so th- those were <laughs> his followers <laughs> total abadut none of this world but Parikshimaras was a sincere disciple and he could see he is my guru dude. so that's an important point to begin with regarding quality, quantity or form and substance so when, when Parikshimaras asked his guru Maharaj Sukadev Goswami I have only 7 days to live is that enough to achieve the goal of life? It doesn't seem too much. Mm You know, I have only a week left. Is that enough time, he asked. And and as you know, Sukhdev Goswami said, he he kind of chuckled and said, a week, that's more than enough. He said, that's a lot of time. We will have to see what we we will do with the remaining of time. (laughs) (laughs) He said, just one single moment of full attention in the proper direction, that's more than enough. Just one moment, but proper attention in the proper direction with proper quality. No? So that's more than enough. But of course, a whole lifetime of distraction is never enough. <laughs> so my point is, it's not. It's not. This is, this is not about how much time, no. Because again, you can have just a moment, or you can have like whole lifetime so what you are doing with that moment what you are doing with that lifetime so it's not about quantity but, but quality Sadhu Sangha Sadhu Sangha Sarva Sasekoy Lava Matra Lava Matra that verse is saying just even that millisecond because that measure of time is not even one second if you properly associate with Sadhus in that nanosecond Sarva <laughs> Siddhi all perfection is coming so I'm saying this because sometimes we may think okay I, I'm practicing for this long so something should be happening already but the question is not how many years you are practicing but how I mean nobody at the end of our lives will be asking us how many years you have been a devotee how many rounds you have chanted nobody nobody will Jamarash, Vishnu Dutas nor Yamadutas <laughs> will be Asking us in terms of numbers, how many num- how many Mongolites did you attended, but in terms of quality, no, how how many know how you were chanting, how you were attending, how you were doing that basically, no. So, and and I appreciate your eight years of practice, but I will say also with all respect to those eight years, that's not too much time. No? I mean, I'm not saying criticizing that. Just we shouldn't think in terms. Of course, that's relative. No? I remember in Sila Prabhupada's times, if you were six months in the temple, you were a senior devotee. No? <laughs> because it was over, everything was so new. I mean, the top most senior devotees had 12 years in the movement when Prabhupada was passing away. I'm like, wow, 12 years, that's a senior devotee. But actually, of course, we appreciate that, but it's not that much either. No? As, as we spoke the other in our previous meeting, someone asked Sila Siddhar Maharaj, how many lifetimes do I need to attain full perfection? If I practice seriously, how much time? Three two three lifetimes. He didn't say eight years or something. He said, maybe two three lifetimes. And, and the devotee who heard that was shocked. Like, three lifetimes? For him, it was like, this is too much. And Until Sidar he was even more shocked than him. He said, this is too much? He said, too much? you have been wondering in this Brahmanda for uncountable lifetimes and in two lifetimes you can attain the topmost gift of Babu. two lifetimes, and three lifetimes is too much <laughs> so again it's like a relative not how we measure time and all the things so that, that's something to begin with and of course the very fact that you are asking, asking the question I will say that's a symptom of, of sincerity and, and, and of some form of advancement mean because the very fact that you are concerned about what to do that shows something is going on there some process is there because if you are not just at all concerned about the whole question that means we have a problem there (laughs) but the fact that you are asking the question shows of course i do not know you in detail as to tell you your situation and personal process this and that but the very fact that one is concerned about why, after some time, I feel I'm not making that progress, or my process is kind of mechanical? It's it's a symptom of of life, if you will. So in the Bhagavatam, it is said, "Bhakti parijanubhav, viraktiranjata chaithra <coughs> chaithatrayika kakala, prapadya manaasya jatasna tusyustusyapusti kshudapayo gasam. There it is given a classical example of with eating, how to measure our progress. It's "Bhakti parijanubhav." Viraktir. The three things have to be happening for you to somehow measure what's going on in my spiritual life. So you say, Bhakti, devotion should be blooming, you say, like grow- growing. Parishanubhav, some realization about Bhagavan should be there, about your connection with Bhagavan. And Viraktir, some detachment from all that it is not that should be there. In the same way, it says, Tusti pusti kshud apayonugasan. In the same way that when you are eating, if you are hungry, three things will be happening simultaneously. Tusti pusti kshud apayonugasan. You say you will find some uh, <clears throat> satisfaction when you are eating, you know, like you are some taste. You will find some nourishment or some, some strength because you are hungry, now you are incorporating energy and hunger will disappear. Anugasham with each morsel. Mm -hmm. No? So with each morsel, taste is there, strength is there, and lack of hunger is there. No? The three things are happening at the same time. So similarly those other things should be happening in our inner world. So of course this is kind of a prototype for us to like com- see ourselves okay wh- what's going on with me now where is my i'm i'm, I'm finding these things in my life i'm finding that the taste the strength or like this bhakti parishanubhava detachment or everything remains the same of course i cannot tell that for you you have to do your own self-examination but of course if you feel it's always in the same place or it's getting worse even. Of course, it's time for for us to recapitulate how we are doing things. So, Because again, it's, it's not so much that we have to change what we are doing externally. It's not that at some point the mantra enchanting is no longer... I need a new mantra now because it's not working. <laughs> you are not working. The mantra is working. You are not doing your job. Mantra is doing their job. I need a new a new guru I need a new whatever a new book I need, I need new scriptures I'm not finding sometimes I've heard the words like I'm not feeling inspiration when chanting that's like a, a classical no, like I'm chanting Japa and I'm not yeah yeah I believe you <laughs> but the, the question that follows is why and not, not necessarily everyone is ready to hear that, the reply to that question no, because it's not a, oh, it's not working for me no, maybe this is not for me no no it's for you but the point is you are expected to do something Also, it's not just like magically everything will fall in place and you are just not doing all that you should do mm-hmm. so I will say that <clears throat> of course mechanical practice is to be avoided and and, and and that's not so easy to avoid because we live in the mechanical era Basically, <laughs> Kali Yuga, no? says Kali Yuga is characterized by yantra bhigyan, which means like a, a, a detailed development in, in machinery and technology. Interestingly, the Bhagavatam already is giving the prediction, and all that, of course, has to do with mechanical stuff and like automath- automatic stuff. So we kind of become like that also by by merging into the machinery of this world. We start to become kind of machines basically no? mm. so, and that's why nowadays modern science is trying to make robots that resemble as much as possible humans because humans are no longer <laughs> that human if you will <laughs> of course I'm not saying that's the, the answer no? because we are, we are humans and we are to, 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 to embrace the full potential of humanity so niyama graha we have to be careful of that Rupa Goswami said you know, to do things without understanding its purpose that's uh, binashyati that destroys our bhakti mm-hmm. like if I'm doing something but I'm not aware of where does this point to we spoke about that the other day first we have to establish our goal then we have to establish our sadhana first sadhya then sadhana because if I do not I mean sadhana means I'm doing something with a goal in mind if the goal is not in mind who knows why I'm doing what I'm doing so the goal has to be fixed at least on some level it has to be clear so after that I can proceed in, the, in my practice so if, if the goal is not there I may just be going through the motions mechanically the imitationally <laughs> like because everyone else is doing that I'm doing that so it's, it's important that we that we get further educated about bhakti about why we are doing what we are doing for example when we are one practical example we may be chanting japa and we may be falling asleep <laughs> or we may be distracted or whatever and, and we may as I said the other day our mind may go somewhere else for 15 minutes, and you return after 15 minutes, and like, oh my God, w- why? You you should ask yourself why that happened, why I did not remain absorbed in Srinam. Because at some point I I lose touch with the purpose of the practice, and our mind cannot remain for a second doing something that in which it find it finds no purpose. We cannot live doing something that we find no purpose. That may have a purpose, but if we are not able to find it, your mind will run somewhere else. So sometimes we are chanting, and at one point, we stop chanting with the with a sense of purpose. Why I'm doing that? With What's here? What's in the name? I mean, there's so much we can say about it, for sure, for eternity. <laughs> but somehow, in, in the practice moment, we get disconnected from that purpose, so the mind immediately... Whew, go shopping somewhere else. <laughs> Where is a purpose. And of course it looks for some superficial purpose, more external purpose. Oh, is there a thinking this and that, some gossip here and I have to do this but going deeper into the practice that's not so easy. That requires <clears throat> new layers of, of surrender, new layers of of Yeah. Discovering all the things that we have to work inside of us. Mahaprabhu himself is, is showing that. He's saying in, in the second verse of that's a very. I mean, the third verse is the most famous, but second verse is a very important preface to that. And he's saying, Srinam is everything. Namnamakari, Bahudani, Sarva, Saktis, etc. He contrasts this. On one side, all Shaktis are in Srinam. All, so many names are there. All Shaktis are there. No hard and fast rules. Such is the mercy of Bhagavan. And the last line, Durdaivan, <speaking in> Durdaivan <Hebrew> So he say, but I'm so unfortunate unfortunate. 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 Okay, unfortunate, yeah. I'm so unfortunate that I don't have taste. No? So he's lamenting like you are doing. Mahaprabhu is also doing that. So there is place for that. That's my point. No, it's not like this shouldn't be happening. That's a good point also. Because sometimes we torture ourselves. Like, I should be feeling taste and this is not happening. Something is going wrong. And I'm not saying, like, remain there forever. It's great. No. <laughs> but it's part of the journey. You follow? Do not, because sometimes I've seen the is like, getting discouraged because they expect to feel, experience something. I mean, let's say they are in the stage of Anartha, Nivriti, and bhajan Kriya, and they are expecting to feel something that will come in Ruchi. you follow? So they are expecting that result, and it will come, but three stages after. So they are forcing a result three stages after to the stage they are in now, and it will never happen. So they get discouraged. Oh, it's not working. And it's working but you are just <laughs> demanding too much to, in the present moment. And you are not paying attention to the things that correspond to your present station and that you have to deal with. And instead of that, you are expecting, I don't know, a super high ecstatic experience <laughs> that will come once you first deal with maybe more relative or embarrassing issues, if you will. Not so ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> you follow my point, no? So... I'm not saying that's your case, but that's, that can happen. Well, sometimes we may be in a certain stage, but expecting something else to happen. And, and again, Mahaprabhu is saying, Srinam is great, but I'm not feeling taste. That second verse corresponds with this stage of Bhajana Kriya and Anartha Nibriti, in which I would say almost 99% of the devotees are in. I mean, because we have to go through all the stages of practice, not that I mean, you can come to Radha Kun and you can ask someone, give me Siddha Pranali and everything. You can receive whatever you like, but you have to go through all those stages at, in the same way. I mean, it's not that now because someone told you you are this and that Manjari, you, 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 are, you are saved from going through an and or something. This, the nine stages that Rupa mentioned are there for everyone. <laughs> you follow my point. No? Or it's not that I go to the bazaar and I get a super esoteric book and now I'm just about getting into Bab. No, no, I mean, I mean, everyone is in certain stage, and we'll have to. There are different ways of approaching those stages. Of course, there are moods and styles and lineages and influences and certain parameters. But stages are stages, mm. so we cannot just like, no, now I'm there. No, I mean that's what our char is called sahaja. Huh? Mm. Sahaja means that you want like to to attain a stage without having the proper qualification for that, and you like forcing that to come before the proper time. And I, I, and I will put another definition of Sahaja in, in the other direction. You are in certain stage, and you are expected to go to a higher stage, but you are not going. <laughs> mm-hmm. You are expected to grow, but you choose to remain sucking on the pacifier. Like a baby pacifier, you call, no? and, and you are sucking the pacifier. No? And at one point, your mother tells you, "You are you are expected to grow now. No more pacifier." I don't think the baby will say, "Okay, man, no problem." Let's go to our next stage in life. You will shout and scream, and you will hate your mother for a minute. But she's helping you. But you are not willing to because of attachment to that. No, so. So that's another variety for me of Sahajija. you want to go <coughs> you are rushing into something too high when you are not there or you are stuck in something and are not willing to upgrade yourself to the next stage so <clears throat> for, for, for most of, of the sadhakas who are in this stage an artha nivriti bhajan basically that's that's a struggle for sure but that's a glorious struggle and we should not be Ashamed of speaking about that, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur spends a, a good amount of time in his Madhurya Kadambini describing Anartha Nibriti and bhajanakriya, Kriya. And the bhajanakriya Kriya with Anartha Nibriti and, and describes all the, if you will, embarrassing symptoms of Bhakti, unstable Bhakti. Utsama, Yini, Niyama, Akshama, Tarangarangini, bikalpa. I won't enter into the details, but most of us, you describe them as like, in the beginning you are enthusiastic, he says, but after some time some difficulties start to come and you lose the enthusiasm. Mm. No. And then you have doubts, what to do, should I marry, should I accept sannyas, should I go and live to the banks of Radha should I establish myself in New York City, should I, whatever, no? All this, and sometimes the... The possibilities are totally extreme or whatever. <laughs> and one day you want something, the, the, the same day later, you, you jump to the other extreme. The mind is like... Or, or struggling with material desires or lack of capacity of sustaining one's vows, for example. I will do this. I will do this. Brata, and, will, and after some time you realize, I cannot sustain this. <clears throat> or even tarangarangini, which means <clears throat> you receive from Bhakti some knowledge even some praise, some followers, and you very subtly start to relish those things for you, like to indulge, if you will, like sense, enjo- invisible sense enjoyment. Like, oh, they like me so much, and they're coming to my class, and they're happy with me, and I'm, it seems I'm quite, somehow, special. So, You don't say anything to anyone, but some little boy starts there like... Pratista and all this. So, it's interesting because that's an anartha that comes from bhakti. I mean, it's not that bhakti is giving the anartha, but you are getting attached to a byproduct of bhakti in a wrong way. Mm-hmm. You follow? Okay. You started bhakti <laughs> maybe without knowledge. You started bhakti, let's say, with lots of anarthas like, I don't know, anger and lust or whatever. And after some time of practice you feel, oh, those anarthas are somehow harmonized by the grace of Krishna on some level. But at the same time you start to receive knowledge and education and appreciation and followers which you didn't have before the practice. So now they are coming and you are getting attached to them in the wrong way. So when you an artist coming as a byproduct of bhakti. Again, there's not a problem with bhakti. It's a problem of how you deal with the byproduct of bhakti. <laughs> So, so all the th- we should be aware of all the things, and we should be really sincere about where I'm standing in the midst of all the things, because that will help us to understand why I'm not feeling a taste. I mean, because if, to put it in brief words, I mean, if I don't have a taste for Srinam, it means because I have a taste for some other things. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> because if you tell me no, no, Maharaj, I swear you that I don't have taste for anything in this world. I will. You're lying, then too. <laughs> should be rolling on the ground chanting half a syllable of Mahamantra then <laughs> so it means still there are some other tastes that we are dividing ourselves so gradually we are in the process of of cleaning like Silla Rupa Goswami gives the example of jaundice so now we try to taste Srinam we know it's sweet, we know it's Maduram Maduram but we know it only <laughs> and even sometimes we forget that <laughs> but we do not have the re- real experience. Or we may have had at some point, point. at some point we feel like, where is that experience like now? And of course, also some other things, and this is not to get par- any one of you paranoid, but the concept of aparad is there also. And, and you know, that's not a, a joke. Again, that's not something to get neurotic, because sometimes I've seen the books like, oh, aparate, aparad, be careful with aparad," and everyone is like afraid of, apparat and everyone's like neurotic like do not commit apparat it's not like that. But it's good to know what's Aparad, and nam Aparad, and like be aware of which those Aparads are and be aware not to engage in them because if we are if we are mistreating Vaishnavs or whatever. Downplaying the principle of guru or relativizing the the, the influence of Shastra or or not giving f- full importance to Srinam, for example. All those are aparat. Up, up sometimes devotees are very concerned about like receiving certain extra things. And sometimes the, the, the teaching is everything is in the name. That's what Mahaprabhu says over and over and over and over again. So everything is in Srinam, of course. With this, I'm not saying. So stop asking questions and just chant and be happy do not disturb me anymore. Because that's quite simplistic and and, and you won't be satisfied. You say, Marisa, I have a question. Just chant. Everything will come. Strictly speaking, yes, but we don't have the capacity to to chant in that way. Prabhupada will say, chant and be happy, but it seems it's not working for most of us. In the sense of, we need some other things to do apart from just chant. If I tell you, stop doing everything you are doing and just chant. And be happy. But only chanting, nothing else. And be happy. Most of you already with my proposal will start like sweating. No more no, no more social media, no more work, no no eating, no sleeping. That will, everything will come by chanting. Just sit and chant and forget everything else. Everyone will be in anxiety, not in happiness mostly. Because, again, we are to reach that level, but we have to be realistic also. We need some other things also. And we need so much Sambandha, Gyan, and, and Siddhanta to nourish our chanting. Because chanting is not just like pirating a syllable, but knowing what's what's in the name and how to chant and what to avoid. So we need to hear so many other things also to nourish the chanting. But, but everything is in the name. That's an important point nonetheless. We should have that faith at least, that Shraddha in Srinam. Like everything will come... By chanting, But I have to chant Sudhanam, of course, for everything to come through now. So if I'm not chanting Sudhanam now, then I should be concerned about how can I chant Sudhanam. Because I may be expecting certain experiences to come in my life, certain in- insights, but how much I am concerned with chanting pure name, with all that it takes. And it takes a lot. <laughs> That's not easy. Uh, Krishna Das Goswami told once in Chaitanya Charitamrita when he quoted the third verse of Sikshastaka from the second we go to the third he said by chanting Srinam with this attitude in mind you achieve prem you achieve the goal of life in other words if you don't chant Harinam embracing the third verse of Sikshastaka you won't be getting closer to the goal of your life and of course you go to that third verse And it's poetic, but also it may be scary for some. If you play out out the implications of that verse, more humble than a blade of grass, more tolerant than a tree. Respect everyone, and do not be concerned about anyone respecting you. I mean, for many, it doesn't sound like, oh, sweet nectar. (laughs) It may be like, that's difficult. That's, That's harsh, or that's even bitter. But it's not bitter. But we taste it bitter, so where are we for us to feel that burst like that? So so we are to <coughs> of course we shouldn't force ourselves in a dysfunctional way. I have to be more humble than a blade of grass and I have to be ecstatic doing that and I have to force myself into that. I mean but we should try to at least open ourselves to the possibility that that's what I need even though I may not feel full taste in that, humility doesn't taste like like nectar yet for me. (laughs) Sometimes the opposite tastes like nectar for me. Pride, Bratista, and so on. So that shows where I am, basically. And I should have the integrity to acknowledge that, as painful as it may be. There is place for um, feeling repentance, is it in English? No? I mean it's part of the process. It's a healthy way of I, I realise I have certain things that is not it's a, a, opposite to bhakti. I have to acknowledge that. That's not me. I have not to over identify with that. But I have to look at that, point at that and do something with that. So and of course remaining good association, that's a very important thing. Very, very I mean I can never emphasize that enough, but by having proper association, everything will come from that and when When I say proper association, I mean be close to people that won't allow you or any of us to fall into the trap of like practicing mechanically or i mean to have well wishers and and guardians in our life that whenever they are telling us. Seeing us doing something wrong, they will or they will point that, or they will give an example that will speak to us about how to do things properly. I mean, we need those type of references in our life on a daily basis. That's the very idea of of, of the guru. Mm-hmm. Of course, that doesn't mean that you may be necessarily having the person in your room. You may not be living in the guru call with the gurus in the traditional system. <laughs> But somehow, I mean, if you're <coughs> hearing Harikata from Sadhus, that, that will, that to create some impact. If you're hearing about the Sadhu, about Sri and how to chant, that will nourish your chanting about, okay, I, I, I want to try again, and I want to chant in the best way, I want to go deeper into the Nam into prayer. But sometimes you need someone else coming and injecting that, like, phew, life, new life. Because one, by oneself, tends to just like dilute, you say? Dilute the whole thing. So that's why sadhu sangha is so, so important. Mm-hmm. Krishna bhakti jan mamul sadhu sangha, krishna prem jan matinam apunal mukhyanga. Says Krishna daskaras. Sadhu sangha is not only crucial in the beginning as the birthplace of bhakti, hmm? so bhakti comes from sadhu sangha, not inherent, <laughs> <laughs> but also sadhu sangha is crucial even when you attain krishna prem. Because we are, are to practice Raghunuga Bhakti, which means to follow in the footsteps of the Raghatmikas. So it's, it's a type of sadhusanga, eternal sadhusanga we aspire for. So, so sadhusanga is the main aspect of our practice, beginning, middle, and end. So we should be very careful of looking the association, let's say, of those people who won't allow us to fall in Maya, if you will, something like that. Because you can choose your association and you can also choose to remain in a comfort zone, Sadhu Sangha, which actually is an oxymoron. Real Sadhu Sangha has nothing to do with comfort zone. Yes. But you can pick some people that you know, they won't be that challenging, they won't tell you that much, they will just like, Jai Prabhu Ki Jai Nectar, let's have prasad. That's all. That's <laughs> what's life about. And let's go to the Kirtan and let's enjoy Krishna Christian consciousness. But, Krishna consciousness is not to be enjoyed. No. We are to be enjoyed by Krishna consciousness, basically. <laughs> in the beginning, we may come with, the, with that appro- approach. Let's enjoy. Because we come from the enjoyment world. So we enjoy Kirtan, we enjoy Prasad, we enjoy, we enjoy Sadhu Sangha. We think in terms of everything is there for my enjoyment. But with, in time, there should be a paradigm shift where I realize I am the one to be enjoyed here. I'm not to enjoy, I'm to be enjoyed. And I have to prepare myself to be enjoyed because I'm to be enjoyed by Krishna. But God will give enjoyment to Krishna, not anything and everything, so some specific things. So I need to prepare myself to be enjoyed. So once one devotee said that in, in, in a certain terms, I like that. He said, Generally, when we see beauty, we tend to exploit beauty. He like said, "But actually, beauty, beauty is the exploiter." He said, "We are to be exploited by beauty, exploited in the sense of mm. you know, enjoy, basically. You know? The supreme beauty. We are not to enjoy the beauty, but we are. We have to let beauty do something with us. And we are in the process of preparing ourselves for that. You know? So, <clears throat> yeah, try to remain in a sadhu that that is so." So, Sadhu Sangha, (laughs) because that's the very definition of Sadhu Sangha, basically. Sadhu comes from sad, and sad means, has to do with real, that which is real. So, Sadhu, for me, is an honest person, basically. Honest has to do with reality, integrity, truthfulness, honesty. So, Sadhu means that, Satam. So, Sadhu Sangha, and Sangha also can be termed, Krishna uses the term Sangha in the Gita, as attachment, So Sadhu Sangha you can translate also as attachment to honesty. (laughs) So so that won't be promoted in every and any circle. That has to be very well chosen. And that's challenging again because it's pinching you out of the comfort zone constantly. In a healthy way, of course, not that much either because it's too much. But that's the role of the Sadhu. I mean, that's not cheap. If you say, I want to live with... this great sadhu in his Bajan Kutir, okay, we ready for that? (laughs) If the person is a real sadhu, that won't be enjoyment in the the ordinary sense. There will be a, I mean, that will be, if you are willing to surrender and to do whatever you are expected to do as a devotee, that will be glorious. But you will be put to test. (laughs) That's the proximity with, with great personalities. The purity of the person or like coming to Vrindavan. Brindavan is or any dun. Such a purity is their environment that all the impurities come to the surface and you feel the contrast of that and you have to know what to do with that. <laughs> but we need to see. We, we need to be put to the test. So <clears throat> so I will suggest that, at least in my personal case that has helped me a lot. I'd like to to remain in close proximity with with certain personalities, with through their discourse, through their example, achar prachar, they are constantly sh- reflecting back into me like how we should be chanting, how we should be doing everything, and of course it depends on me. How much do I want to hear them? How much do I want to look at them? And how much do I want like to do like the three monkeys like stop. On, on. And of course, sometimes we want something, but at some point we say, no, no, this is too much, and we need some dose of distraction, like, oh. <laughs> Part of the process, but gradually, again, as the mercy is coming, as, as the connection is coming, the taste will increase. <clears throat> as you asked the other day about how to increase taste for Harikata, again, Sadhu Sangha. Susruso, Shraddana, Sya, Vasudhi, Vekata, Aruchi, says the Bible. By Sadhu Sangha, you increase your taste for Harikata. So, it's in, that, that's the idea. So, by sadhusanga sangha, you increase your taste for Srinam. But it's a process. It may take some time. So, we have to have patience, as we spoke the other day, but also some, some longing should be there also. As you are doing, like asking, what can I do? How can I? As Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta said, when you, are crying, when you are chanting, you should be crying. And someone told him, but what if I'm not crying while chanting? Well, then you should cry because you are not crying. <laughs> no? Like like lamentation. A healthy lamentation. Mahaprabhu is showing that in the second verse. Again, not depression, not like neurosis, but a healthy repentance and lamentation corresponding to my level. There are so many levels. In every verse of Sikshastha, we could say there is some level of Lamentation, a level of humility there. Every verse of Sikshatanga shows a level of bhakti, a level of humility, and every level of humility has a corresponding type of lamentation as well. So, so some ideas, of course, we can say so much, but of course there is no magical formula that I give you a pill, swallow that and now Ruchi has come again basically. But it's basically embracing <clears throat> the process. And if the process is not working, let's. For us, it's us we the ones we are not working. So let's see. We are sincere. We will be able to. To locate, oh, I'm failing in this. I'm failing in this. I can do m- much better here. I can give myself more here, and do that, and try to do, sustain that. And in time, the results will come. You were raising your hands like. For an hour or so. I'm sorry you can
4: I was just thinking you were speaking about Sita Pranali and anatta it, it belongs to the previous topic what happens if you get Sita Pranali and you are still in the stage of anatta
0: well when we say Anatha Nivritti that also has to be a, a qualified because according to our acharyas you may have an artist still the stage of power. <laughs> So, what's an artha nibriti? There are different degrees of an artha ibriti. You know? So, of course, <coughs> generally speaking, an artha is mentioned before nishta because that's the stage where most of the nartas are to be dealt with. But it's not that after an artha-nibbida and bhajanakriya in nishta there are no more nartas There are nartas in nishta, ruchi, asakti, bhava. We could say somehow, prema, no more nartas <clears throat> so my point is it's not that after you reach Nishtha, no more Anartas. Maybe the main Anarthas are off in the words of Vishwanachakvartutakur, Duskritota and Sukritota Anartas are gone. The ones that come from uh, sinful activities and pious activities. <laughs> they are gone. But then still you have to deal with upper with dot anartas and bhakti yuta anartas. The Anarthas coming from offenses, and the Anarthas, as it mentioned, coming from Bhakti. <laughs> again, Bhakti is not giving Anarthas, but it's giving these by to which you can become attached. No? Kanaka, Kamini, Pratish, and so on. <clears throat> so I clarified that, because again, Anarthanibriti takes place till advanced stages of Sadhana Bhakti. But... For example, concerning your question of Siddha Pranali, I, I dealt with that in detail in the series on Raghavarma Chandrika. I will say something now of course, but I gave like five lectures on that topic in, in the series of talks on raghavarma Chandrika that I recommended you the other day. So of course there will be differences of opinion in differences in different schools, in the in, in the lineage that I personally, I'm coming from Srila Bhakti Notakur and Prabhupada Bhakti and so on, we take a considerable cautious stance towards Siddha Pranali. All of you are familiar with the term? Yes. So no need to explain mm-hmm. that, okay. So another way of speaking about that is Ekadashubab and the Guru bestowing these different existential ingredients that conform, make the, the ultimate identity of one. <clears throat> but, and of course, I, I, we are not condemning that, that's there, Bhakti Notakur received that, and there is a current coming from Pandit. Bhakti Notakur mentions that in the Jaiva Dharma, there are two streams, if you will, Dasku Swami emphasizing Srinam and everything coming from Srinam, that's mostly our stance, but also there is a place for, what's come through Bhakrishvara Pandit and Gopal Guru Goswami and Dhyana Chandra Goswami and their parties, where the Guru <clears throat> is bestowing this information. Now, per, personally, in, in our particular lineage, we are of the idea of that this type of thing, art, is to be given or shared on certain particular stage where the person who is receiving that knows what to do with that. Because if you are totally... In, in a total distorted reality with so many even psycho-emotional issues in dysfunctionality, <laughs> and then someone tells you, you are such and such manjari, and this and meditate like that, what will you do with that? I mean, because I've I've known people who, who have received Pranali and who, who are living a quite, I mean, you see the, how they conduct themselves in their daily life and That's not very much in the line of the Goswamis, if you will know. So it's not just about getting that information. And also, the information is not necessarily... And again, here there may be a difference of opinion with some schools. But this is mentioned in in many places in Shastra. I won't go into details. But it's not necessarily those details that the Guru share are actually your ultimate identity. Because the point is the following... A spiritual identity is an identity, I mean, the name says itself. It's not a material identity. So it's an identity made of what we may may call a bhava-deha. Bhava-deha means a body made of bhava. Hmm? So, a body made of ecstasy. An identity made of ecstasy. That's what we call spiritual identity. Bhava-deha. But the point is, if I have not reached bhava... Mm. Where is that identity? Because, as I already explained, I think you already know that that's not inherent in the atma. <laughs> rupa Goswami describes bhava in Rupa in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu how Sudur Sudurlabha means what?
3: Very, very rare.
0: Rare to attain. Labha. very difficult to attain. If you are to attain something, means you don't have it.
4: No?
0: So, bhava is hard, difficult to attain. So, it's not with us. We don't have bhava. No? Bhakti is not inherent, therefore bhava is not inherent, prem is not inherent, and so on. So, <clears throat> if you are in, if you are not in bhava, if you are just beginning your practice and you are an artani, britti, bhajana, kriya, you don't have bhava. You don't have even, maybe even any affinity in any direction. Maybe your main affinity may be towards maya shakti yet. <laughs> So the Guru, in, in those stages, in our perspective, should not share those details yet with the disciple, but should wait that the disciple reaches a more mature stage, such as nishta, where the, most of the main anartas are done away with, and when meditating on that particular identity, the devotee will not make a hodgepodge and miss, you know, create a whole mess in, in his her mind, but also, it is said that whatever the the Guru says in our tradition, Bhaktinotakur mentions as idea, it's not necessarily the Guru is sharing some details, and 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 that's the ultimate identity. But he's given some sort of, how do you say in English, like placebo, like mm-hmm. a prototype. And it is he mentions that in Jai Badarma and some other places in Shastra there, like the disciple received this information, this eleven ingredients. This is your name. This is your dress. This is your service. This is your age. This is your di- your leader. And in time, the devotee is practicing, like, kind of identifying with that identity and finds that some of the details are hard to, to fit for him. So he goes to the Guru and says, Guru Dev, these details of the identity you gave me mm. are difficult for me to integrate, if you will, in my meditation. Can we, can we please make some adjustment? The Guru agrees. So are some adjustment... Till the disciple feels okay, now I feel much more identified. With. So the very point of the adjustment means that whatever was given in the beginning was not just the ultimate final thing, but some like general model to start that process. And eventually, in time, some things may be like accommodated there. to follow? Huh? So that that's also a point to made. Hmm? So. So that's what I will say, because again, if one is given this type of information, and again, this is not something that has to be given necessarily. at every, What is mentioned by Bhushmana Chakrabarti Thakur, he says that in this, according to the stages of Bhakti, in the stage of Asakti, which is the last stage of Sadhana Bhakti, all this information comes, comes <clears throat> by its own internally. Which again, with this I'm not condemning those who are giving that in a proper way, but again, he's saying by the practice in it, itself, by the purification of the heart, by the receiving of bhakti samskar, at the stage of asakti, one's spiritual identity starts to emerge with all the details of that. And one starts from asakti to enter into bhav, and in bhav there is a specific sadhana in which one will be culturing those details internally, bhava sadhana, it's another sadhana, because bhava is the goal of sadhana, but then in bhava there is another sadhana of its own, if you will, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's totally internal, externally you may, the devotee may be seen doing the same things that any other devotee, but internally there will be another type of, of, of reality, of practice, so, but yeah, mostly there is some caution about sharing this type of information with people that basically it's not, has not the hadhikar to deal with that. Of course, unfortunately, sometimes that has been taken to extremes to the point of saying that Tzida Pranali is like deviation and this is speculation, there's no place whatsoever. But it's not like that either. So we are not to go to at least to one extreme, nor the other either. So, something like that. <coughs>
2: Thank you, Maharaj. Uh, so many different questions that have arisen. Great. Uh, but um, I wanted to ask, um, like you were, we were discussing about um, chant, taste in chanting, and you mentioned that aparad uh, can be the reason. So, what if, if you, if if one thinks that the current uh, deterioration in in the chanting is due to the effects of aparads that he has done in this life? to <clears throat> Vaishnavas, to Nama and different kind of offenses that he's already committed in this lifetime. So how to rectify those from now on? Like how ca- how one can overcome the effect of of, of offenses so mm-hmm. that the taste is again restored? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it, it depends on which Aparat we are speaking about. Let's say all of them. <laughs> you <laughs> are exaggerating. You are playing the victim. <laughs> no, <that's not. clears throat> all of them. You shouldn't be. You couldn't be here and smiling and hearing harigat if you are indulging in all of them like this. But the point is, <laughs> I mean, each apparatus has a particular, <clears throat> if you will, problem in- included. So there is a particular way to to deal with that so <clears throat> I mean we can go through each of them but <laughs> for example if you say one of them is offending the Vaishnavs to begin with Sadhuninda, you know, engaging in Aparat to the Vaishnav. what's the way to counteract Vaishnava Aparat you tell me hope you know
3: go to the Vaishnav and follow their fate and beg for forgiveness
0: mm-hmm. <clears throat> basically that's what what should be done? <coughs> That's what Bhagavan told to, to Durvasa. You remember when he went to yeah. him begging forgiveness that, oh, sorry, I wanted to kill Ambarish Maharaj. And what did Vishnu say? Priya and so many other beautiful prayers like saying, basically, my devotees are my heart, I'm the heart of my devotees I'm. you go to him and you obtain his favor. I'm not independent at in this point. So there's a particular method, that's my point, to counteract Vaishnava Aparat. Of course, sometimes one may say, but I, I may have committed Vaishnava Aparat without knowing that I committed Vaishnava Aparat, so how to counteract that?
2: Or to so many people that the list is endless.
0: <laughs> <laughs> of course, there are ways also to counteract. For example, and in this connection, you can offend someone... In many ways, of course. <laughs> but in general, you can offend them verbally, mentally, or physically. Like you can insult a Vaishna, let's say, hopefully not, but speak gossip about some Vaishnav verbally. Mentally, you can think ill about the Vaishna. Nobody else knows, but that's in your mind going on. Or physically, that's like the more, the most gross type of like you can, I don't know, kill a Vaishnava or violently attack a Vaishnava. <laughs> so the idea is that the way of, to counteract those offenses are according to that type. If you have offended the Vaishnava mentally, you can beg forgiveness mentally. I mean, if you want, you can ask forgiveness verbally also, but mentally it's enough, if you will. Verbally, you have to beg forgiveness verbally physically you have to render physical service to that person to counteract that and of course having proper repentance in your heart is not just like sorry I have to beg forgiveness because if not I cannot continue progressing in my bhakti so oh, what to do this is what I have to do no you really have to feel uh, repentance so <clears throat> again as much as you are aware of whom you may have offended one has to to deal with that least <laughs> And if, if you are not aware and again this is not to enter into paranoia, you no, know I mean because sometimes the voters can go to extremes, you no, know? like Oh Maharaj, I walked on your shadow, I'm such an apparathi. <laughs> and I says stop being so weird. I mean, you didn't have the intention. It's not about there's a lot about intention regarding apparat also. You know? Because sometimes you did something you didn't know you were naive, innocent, you didn't know this shouldn't be done. Um, I mean that's, I wouldn't call that apparatus. No? Sometimes the Sometimes devotees go like, ah, oh, it was an offense. You took this with left hand and not right hand. Or you, did the, you did the technicality in the, in the opposite direction and there's a hell waiting for those who do that. And I ah, oh, you're crazy. And there's a planet for weird people like you <laughs> 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 We know so many stories in Shasta where devotees may made some mistake with intention and Krishna is just grahi Janardana taking the essence of the of the attitude of the devotee. of course that's not an excuse to not learn how to do things nicely because if you have the proper attitude you will want to know how to do things properly (laughs) so it's not an excuse no no I'm just going to the essence so I don't care about all this anything formal and just I'm a Saragrahi tip to toe I mean that's not so easy to you have to walk the talk (laughs) So yeah, the more you, as much as one knows, I have may have I have offended some Vaishnavas, so I'll go, but also if you know I, I may have offended some that I don't know, I don't recall. Well, you try to pray and and, and beg forgiveness in that in a more like universal direction, abstract direction, and and continue. I mean, Krishna will give mercy for for that. And all the other things, I mean, it may be too long to go one after the other to, to each apparatus. but there's a way to go through them. Like, for example, I don't know, Shastra Ninda <clears throat> like to neglect Shastra. You know, like to, 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 or to use Shastra with, for one's purpose. You know? Some people may use, like, I don't know, you, 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 may, be a, you may be a husband and tell your wife, you may be abusing your wife psychologically and say, you have to see me as God. And you may, you may find some verse in Shastra saying that. Yeah. But, and she, hopefully, she will quote Shastra and say, yeah, but the husband should behave like this and this <laughs> for that to happen. Not <laughs> abusing <laughs> him in this and this way. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is, sometimes you can use Shastra just for... make other people dysfunctional. Abuse other people. That's... that have that, seen that a lot. Prabhupada say this or this say that and just taking things out of context as they say a text without a context Mm -hmm. becomes a pretext Mm -hmm. you can create all the pretexts you want so one has to learn Shastra properly and one has to apply that properly so that's a way to counteract this if one has indulged in that or or, I don't know like uh, what else so, so,
2: if I if I um, build on the question again, so the problem is because of uh, because of all these things like maybe past anarthas, another in this lifetime, and you know sinful activities and apara and all. This. So, combined because of that, I, we don't have taste in chanting, and because we don't have taste in chanting, we don't feel like chant. We don't feel like to chant, mm-hmm. and because. Then we don't feel like to chant. Then it becomes mechanical, or sometimes we don't chant. Mm-hmm. Then what happens? That it then it further you increase the other thing. Yes, increase other yeah. problems. Snowball. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's like a snowball effect or the mm-hmm. loophole. Catch twenty two. So mm-hmm. how to get out of it?
0: Yeah, again, I will say like to un- to have understanding of, of why why those things. I think that's crucial for most because sometimes we don't stop to analyze why I'm feeling like this. We just feel some way and we just go with emotions. Like, I don't feel like chanting today. You don't chant, for sure. <laughs> but you don't stop to think, why I, do, why I do not feel like chanting? Because of whatever, this Anartha. How that, how that Anartha can be counteracted? Which adjustment should I do in my life? I mean, it takes time and it's, it's work. I mean, it's work. And If you don't want to go through those things then you don't want to practice, basically. (laughs) Because sadhana bhakti is not just doing stuff, but being introspective while doing stuff. Externally, you may be doing maybe multitasking, sadhaka, 24-7, all day engaged. But what is going on internally? I mean, what you are thinking about? Are you being contemplative, introspective, just just following, repeating the formula, copy-paste, imitating, whatever? I mean, that has... That won't last for long. So, so one should basically try to understand why I am where I am. I mean, one has to start to think. I mean, well, you have to, Prabhupada say, you have to become thinking people, independent thinkers. It's not just about, give me, tell me what to do, I do it, and I reach and down without having to think anything. That's more like, in the beginning, okay, we may be imitating, like like when you are in kindergarten, you're a baby, you just imitate... And you're oh, okay nice. And at one point you have to grow and mature. I mean so all those stages apply to spiritual life. We may be spiritual devotional babies, devotional kindergarten, devotional Kumar, Boganda, <laughs> Kishore. <laughs> no, and we have to become spiritual adults at one point, which means take full responsibility, develop my own criterion, think for myself. And I don't mean with this like rebel, independent in the sense of I don't care and I speculate whatever I like. I mean I develop on the basis of Guru Sadhu, I develop my own way of thinking. You know? If you are depend- if you are dependent enough, you earn the right to become independent, if you will, <laughs> on the basis of having been dependent on Guru Shastra. So so yeah, I mean that that that's the that's the difference between <clears throat> Someone who is a Madhyam Adhikari and someone who is a Kanishta Adhikari. No? Kanishda Adhikari is more, as I as I like to say, Kanishda Adhikari sees Shastra through the lens of his emotions and a Madhyam Adhikari sees his, his emotions through the lens of Shastra. <laughs> mm. No, One day the, the quote came. I mean, I didn't start to, I will think about a, a cool concept. It came, so it's not mine either. <laughs> but the point is <clears throat> Kanishta is just feeling something and per- filtering all his experience her experience through that without too much thinking about and when he's thinking it's in the, on the basis of his or her emotions but not resorting to revelation while Imadi Amadikar is saying what, what does Shastra has to say for this particular thing that I'm feeling I'm doing I'm not feeling <laughs> because so so Madhyam Adikar is someone who is more engaged in the process of harmonizing head and heart. Head and heart. You know? Because he understands, she understands, there is a need to integrate these two. You know? while, while in the beginning we may not be so concerned about that, we are just like, I feel this, I don't feel that, oh, I get discouraged, so I don't chant, today I'm super enthused, let's go do that, and so that's what's called <clears throat> an instinct you know? ups and downs, ups and downs. Da- and again, it's part of the process. I'm not <coughs> condemning that. That's what I like in in, in Madhurya Kadamini that <coughs> <Vishwana> Chakravarti Thakur <coughs> makes these ups and downs part of the practice. He says there's a, there's a place for that. So, and, and and you have to go through that. You cannot just avoid the, that stage and jump to the the next one, which is less embarrassing <laughs> or something. <laughs> So th- that's nice. I mean, okay, that's part of my chapter. And in the beginning, the ups and downs will be really extreme, as I mentioned. Like tomorrow, I want to become a pure devotee, and just again, I will, I will find a tree nearby Radhakun and forget about everything in the world. I don't care for anything else. And next day, you are like I don't know, stealing samosas from the market here because you can <laughs> you cannot deal with Madhukari only. <laughs> Something like that. You know, like some extreme thing. Like you realize, oh my God, I mean, where I am actually. <laughs> so in the beginning, the, the ups and downs are, are really extreme. And to progress in that means that the ups and downs become less less, less extreme. Less extreme, less extreme, less extreme, extreme Nishta. But in the beginning, it's like this. <clears throat> Radha Kun stealing samosas. Stealing someone, if you will. And eventually, the undulation, ondu- you say? This movement is like... Okay, oscillation. It's big, oscillation. Okay, oscillation. this oscillation becomes less gr- grotesque, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> and more like nuance and subtle. And you reach stability, nishta. So it's a gradual process. It's not that from here you are there. <laughs> so you have to regulate those extremes and make them less extreme mm-hmm. less extreme <laughs> more sustainable more so that's how I, I should say like to to deal with one's own uh, situation where I am what's going on okay I feel some lack of taste why this is so what can I do to, to remedy that in a sustainable way again because uh, it's not like okay I should be like hard as or to remedy that I cannot <laughs> so, according to what I have now, to who I am now, what, what can I do to <clears throat> as I always tell the devotees try to make sustainable adjustments in, in your daily life. I mean, ask, ask you today <clears throat> whatever, what can I do? What can I do to 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 improve my chanting today and, and try to think about something that, in your particular case, I know that if I do this my chanting will be better. I know. And I know that I could be doing this and I'm not doing this. Mm. So try to get to something like that. To some point when you know, I could, be, I could do this adjustment, but I'm not doing that. Mm. But I could be doing that. So of course the, the next thing that comes is, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Of course the next thing is, no, no, I don't want to do it. I mean, you are being hypocritical. You're just cheating yourself, so that's your problem, sorry. But if you're sincere, you will find in your introspection, yeah, I could make this adjustment. As, I, as we spoke the other day, one little example like this, don't open your cell phone just after you wake up. Just one, one wait for five minutes at least, go to the bathroom and then... <laughs> You can do that. I mean, I'm not telling you just stop eating and, and sleep two hours a day and follow the Goswamis t- to the letter. I'm not saying that. I mean, But something that is sustainable. No, do not try to be a Goswami for a day and, and, and then the next six days of the week you go to the other extreme. Because sometimes I've seen the devotees like that. Okay, mm-hmm. today I'm near Jal and not sleeping. But next day you are shouting to everyone. You are dysfunctional <laughs> and you don't want to speak to... It. I, I heard once one devotee like was angry and, and, I, and someone asked why are you are treating me like that? It's because I'm ch- I made a vow of chanting one lakh every day. And I said what? I mean, if that's the result of chanting one lakh please chant less and, and be more kind. If you are chanting three lakhs you will become a serial killer maybe. I mean, uh, not the Haridas in so. It's not working for you at the moment. The lakh is not working. You follow. There's no problem with the lag, but it's not working for you at the moment. Chant thirty two and smile a little bit more. <laughs> you follow. Whatever the point, but sometimes we have to see how the whole thing fits in our particular situation. But I, I think that's some somewhere to begin with. Like instead of making like a big <clears throat> plan how to counteract all this lack of taste and be, because sometimes we idealize all the things that like superhero standard what do I have to do to be a pure devotee and maybe you have to do some small adjustments with humility and being realistic and and, and pure devotee will be a long term projection that you hanker and cherish as an ideal but first you have to to deal with some more relative issues that are there in your psychology and conditioning and if you choose not to see that I mean that's still there (laughs) so sometimes devotees like, I, I feel they, they cheat themselves in this way because our, without bad intention, but sometimes like evasive mechanisms, because we have such an, a high ideal, such a high, high ideal, and such high examples, reference, that sometimes we may, how to say, we may be, become dysfunctional because of that. Because this is the high highest reach of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, here we are. <laughs> But such a great thing has knocked on our door, so we are so fortunate. We shouldn't stop acknowledging that. But still, here we are. So, and, and if we constantly look at this high ideal and this highest ideal and this standard of the Goswami, but we are not there. I mean, and, and we cannot just like, like convince I'm there and I'm there. Mm. You are not there. But still, the ideal is there and it's coming to you and you, you should Feel fortunate because of that, because that's an important thing. It's not just like such an ideal. and I'm so low. I do not deserve that. For sure, you don't deserve that. <laughs> but that's still coming. Oh. That's costless grace. I mean, that's still coming. You don't deserve that. That's that's a fact, and it's good that you re- acknowledge that. But <clears throat> but sometimes we may become dysfunctional because we may just look up on that ideal, on that ideal. And not something in between that we can reach. And it's sustainable. And we can feel like, okay, it's working. (laughs) Something is happening. (laughs) And not just you from here trying to force your way here, jumping. Not working. Not working. Not working. I want to chant the pure name tomorrow. Not working. I want to have full taste for Sri Not working yet. So what, what can work for you today? in a way that you are going in that direction also. You follow. And and externally it may seem totally disconnected from the ultimate ideal, as we spoke the other day. For some devotees, in order to reach the ultimate ideal, they may need to get a partner in life. And you may say, what does it have to do with reaching Braj Prem? If you know how to connect the the points, it has a lot to do for some people. I need a partner, I will be balanced in my emotional human life. And on that foundation, on that horizontal development, I can develop myself vertically. Mm-hmm. We need a horizontal development. We need to be established in the world. Most of us need some social dynamics and family and work and certain security, <laughs> sense of security. That horizontal development creates a foundation for the vertical development, for the transcendental you follow. If you take off this, you cannot have that. Yes. It's just like... Uh... There's no launch pad. Sorry? There is no launch pad. Yeah, yeah. So, so again, everyone has to know where where to begin. And that, for that, we need to know where we are. Again, these two things are crucial. Where I want to go, but where I am now. You know? Like when you go, my Guru Mahesh likes to give this example. Like when you go to a shopping mall, hopefully you're not going that often. <laughs> <laughs> But they have this map no, that you want to go to, I don't know, shop 108. <laughs> and the map will show all the numbers and the shops. But if it only shows that, it's not enough. What's the second reference you need to reach the, the place? Where you are. Right? You are here. So the two things. If, and if only says you are here, doesn't help also. I need the two things. You are here and this is where you want to go. So, we need to establish the thing where we want to go, yes, there, where we are. we need to clearly establish that, so with the two points clearly established, we can establish the the path we can put the path like in g p s no I want to go here, I'm here, okay, this is the way <laughs> and, and again to to accept where where I am, that requires integrity and humility because sometimes we don't want to accept where we are. <laughs> Sometimes we want to be more than... than and who knows why? Because we, we want to be perfect, because we are afraid of acknowledging our mistakes, because we feel that if I show myself imperfect, nobody will love me. Those things are quite in, ingrained in our psychology in many cases, socially speaking. We, we are in society, which that, that's the value. You have to show yourself perfect. So sometimes that, that influence can be there even if we do not know. So we try to show ourselves to ourselves.
1: Well,
0: I'm, per- I'm perfect, or at least I'm not that imperfect as I am actually am. <laughs> but we need to have that courage and, and, and have full hope in the, in the potency of the grace that is coming. No matter how imperfect you may be, we can put all our artists together in one single spot and condense that and it may be pretty intense, <laughs> but Mahaprabhu's grace and Guru's grace is way more powerful than all that. So that's my point. No matter how much you acknowledge all, where, where I am and I'm so embarrassing, I'm dis- so imperfect, blah, 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 Still, the call that is coming to us from above, that's way much more powerful and glorious. So we should have so much hope <clears throat> no? so, to, to compensate. When we look at ourselves and we see like, Oh my God, I'm like this. <laughs> but what is coming to, to rescue me and bless my life is everything. So, anyhow. some thoughts? Someone raise hands? Yes. Finally came.
3: <laughs> nice to see you. i <clears throat> I'm trying to think how to ask like this. I just, I don't know when, we'll, when I'll see you again. So I would really want to hear you speak. Because in Vrindavan it seems very natural for the mind to go towards Radha and Krishna and the Brajbasis, Mother Yashoda, and all of the way that they interact with each other. We go and visit places where pastimes happen. So I really wanted to hear you speak about the moods of the Brajbasis and especially our poetry briefly mentioned in the past about this mood of tad each mai. I would want to hear you possibly speak some of these details
0: mm. more. Expand the form. Okay. Do you have time? I <laughs> will take time. <clears throat> of course, I, I cannot never say enough because it's a long, long, long topic. The mood of the Vrajavasam, I and we have eternity to, to expand on that. <laughs> and the concept of Tat Tat Babichat Mika Mai, which is another way of speaking about Manjari Bab, actually. That's another. Topic inside the other topic, so, but, but it's an important one, and it's important here yeah, to begin with about speaking about the the brājāvasis to begin with because no matter which, which will be our ultimate affinity in the brāj, it's important that we learn to appreciate all the different dispositions in brāj, no? Because sometimes we can become as so, so I like to say, racist, racist, racists, hmm? racists in the name of rasa. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I, I, I'm studying st- this, the Brajavila um, Tava of Raghunadas Goswami, sometimes we we'll say, we follow Raghunadas Goswami, because sometimes we we'll say, well, we follow the Goswamis, the Goswamis have spoken, Rupa Goswami spoke about the different rasas, Jiva Goswami also, Sanatan Goswami also speaking about Gopa Kumar and so on. So we are open to acknowledge all the different possibilities there. And someone say, no, but we are followers of Das Goswami, who is all for Manjari Bab in, in his books, Manjali and, and so on. But it's actually not like that either. I mean, of course, he's he's in that direction. But <laughs> if you study a book like Brhadvijas Tava, <coughs> there Shilargauna Das Goswami. He's offering. There are, it's a whole series of prayers, <coughs> and each one of them, more than a hundred, he's offering pranam to each and every single inhabitant of Vrindavan. and each and every single place, and and animals and trees and vines, and gradually getting close to offering pranam to his. I mean Swami Nishirade, but he begins with dust, vines, trees, rooms, and different people in the Lila. Like, it's teaching us how we are to approach those higher quarters, if you will. No? <coughs> or what to speak. You can also study Manu Siksha. He also was dealing there with some pretty basic topics in the beginning, showing us how to reach this highest attainment. So, <clears throat> to speak about the Bhav of the Brajavasis, well, that's a whole big topic. Mm-hmm. Huh. Where to begin? <laughs> well, the psychology of Braj is in itself unique. You know? as, as you may imagine, how Uddha was shocked when he fed, first met that, as you may know in the section. Brahma Gita section we recently gave a whole series on the Brahma Gita and as part of that we studied Udava's PhD in Braj, something like that no? because Udava was Krishna's is Krishna's minister in Dwarka, personal assistant great devotee Krishna saints in the Bhagavatam you are more dear than myself you are more dear than Lakshmi than Brahma than Shiva so he knows Krishna pretty well basically But when Krishna sends him to Vrindavan he he discovers another reality, he discovers another way of relating to Krishna and therefore he discovers another Krishna. Because Krishna lives to reciprocate with the different Bhavs. So Udav only knew Krishna in reciprocation with Dwarka Bhav. Now he goes to Vrindavan he finds another bhav and he understands there must be a krishna corresponding with this and that krishna i do not know that's another krishna if you will another another face of him and and he was showing something of that in dwarka as we know when krishna is in dwarka internally he's absorbed in vrindavan that's the whole main idea of the dwarka lila and the matura lila to 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 look back on vrindavan in the context of separation from the perspective of the Brajvasi, from the perspective of krishna mm-hmm. So the Bhagavatam is showcasing the Braja lila both directly and indirectly. Directly by describing Braja lila indirectly by describing Mathura-lila and Dwarka lila and how how it sheds light on the Vrindavan-lila. So the psychology of Vrindavan is is unique because Krishna is, uh, how to say, (laughs) somehow it contradicts scripture. But it's 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 an, it's, a, it's a scripture of its own. In, in which sense, shastra tells us what Krishna is is para, para Krishna and so on. He's the supreme. So he himself says in the Gita, "I am sarvastya prabhu, mata Everything comes from me. I'm supreme controller. I'm this I'm that. This is what Brahma said in the Brahma Bimohan Lila. When, when his foreheads were like spinning like nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. After he's, he stole the calves, or he thought he stole the calves and the cowherd boys and, you know, all that happened there. And he was like, what's going on here? You know? He realized, you know, all these forms start to show different forms of Narayan. A great display of Aishvarya was there. And Brahma realized, wow, this cowherd boy is actually super... Ashvarik, God and at the same time he was shocked by the idea of while Krishna is the source of Narayan because that's <coughs> that's a very unique Gaudiya point generally most will think Krishna is an avatar of Narayan but in this section of the Brahma Bihoman Lila it show the opposite Narayans are emanating many Narayans are emanating from Krishna so Brahma was totally overwhelmed by realizing Krishna is the source of Narayan, but on top of that, he was even more overwhelmed by realizing, and besides that, <clears throat> all these cowherd boys are relating to him as a friend, are wrestling him to the ground, are defeating him. Mm-hmm. How is this going on? How, how can that happen? He's the source of Narayan. But they are treating him like a friend and, and, and Brahma's conclusion is Aho Aho Nanda Yanmitram Paramanandam Brahma and he's falling to the ground the foreheads like he's in Aho Bhagyam Aho means like Oh oh," And means fortunate. He says, Oh how fortunate how fortunate are these people of Vrindavan, Nanda Gopa which means the, the cowherd people of Vrindavan. He who is the Purna brahma, the complete Brahman, the complete, absolute, eternal, full bliss, the, the, the great Godhead, Brahma has this awareness, Janmitram. They are treating him as a Mitra. Mitra means his friend. How fortunate they are. I don't have that fortune, Brahma is saying, basically. And at the same time he's saying, I want that fortune. Actually, Brahma is hankering for Sakyarasa. This is mentioned in the Bhagavatam. <coughs> so, this is kind of the main aspect of, of Braj. In, in all the different relationships, for example, we are also in, in, in the Damodar month. Many of us also remembering the classic. Before going to Ba, we go a little bit through the other possibilities in Braj. And this month is very well known by also Jasoda's Batsalya and, Nanda, and and Damodarlila basically Jashoda Damodarlila. There is a Trada Damodarlila also <clears throat> in the context of Maduriba, and, and and regarding Jashoda's mood, that's also extreme example of the psychology of Braj. Because again, Krishna is supreme God. The Aishwarya is there. He still is God. In Br- I mean, he's in vrindavan but he still is God. It's not the God. He stopped being God. But nonetheless, just so that is, feeling he's my child, he's my Lala. And I have to chastise him, I have to tie him. And she can tie him. That's the most astonishing thing. I mean, he, she can tie him. The absolute, the unlimited Ananta, the one who showed unlimited universes, he's being tied on the mortar, mortar with a rope. How can that happen? Basically, try to analyze, try to put the things together. <laughs> He's being tied by the strength of affection, basically. The, 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 the Gaudiya conclusion is Krishna can only be tied through the rope of Prem. That's actually the, the tie that he, he, can, he can accept. That, that what makes him a child, a baby, a friend, a lover... the the, the impact on Swarup Shakti my Guru Maharaj likes to describe Krishna in Vrindavan as the Absolute being overwhelmed by Swarup Shakti Mm -hmm. (laughs) because Swarup Shakti creates that type of movement in the Absolute makes him dance as we will say when the Swarup Shakti is not much present in the Absolute the Absolute is Brahman Nirvishesh Brahman that's the Absolute also one of the three phases, brahmeti, paramat, meti, bhagavan, it So Brahman is there, is the Absolute, but Swarup Shakti is not present there. So there is not much movement, there is no interaction, there is nobody in Brahman. (laughs) But the more the Swarup Shakti is entering and and, and, and interacting with the Absolute, that takes the form of lila, and the Absolute takes different forms, like Vishnu, Ram, and ultimately Krishna, in his Nara lila, in Vrindava which is the topmost highest Lila. Krishna Daskaratskoswami says that. Krishna Rayatikakila, Sarabutama Nara Lila, Narabaputan Harasaru. Na uh Gopavesha Venukara Nabakisha Natavara Nara Lila Haya Narup. The highest type of manifestation of Lila is Krishna as a Gopa, as a great dancer, flute in hand. That's that's the greatest impact of Swarub Shakti in his life. Makes him a boy, a baby <clears throat> so that's the unique psychology of the Raj there is a verse in the, in the chapter of Damodar Lila which Vishwanath Chakrabartitakur considers the Vashtu Nirdesh of the, of the, of the of the Krishna Lila or that verse around which all the Krishna Lila revolves around and in that verse I, I will explain it briefly I don't want to torture you with too many Sanskrit quotations but he's saying um, the whole Shastra are speaking about Krishna's God, no? the Absolute. But Yashoda, she's not thinking in those terms. So she disagrees with Shastra, basically. You follow. Try to imagine you go to Yashoda now and you, say to, you tell her why you're beating, chasing Krishna with stick in hand. He's the Absolute Truth. You shouldn't treat him like that. Do you think she will agree? And you and you go with quotations. Uh-huh. Upanishad says this, no, hear this, Purana says that. I mean the shoda will say, I don't care. She's my baby. <laughs> and the point is, and the and their next question is, okay, so next you may ask who is more correct of the two. <laughs> because the scriptures describe the scriptures describes themselves as Hankering after Krishna. We know that the personified who or us are hankering after serving Krishna. And Yashoda has Krishna on her lap. So, who of the two have Krishna more close to them? Yashoda. So, we go with Yashoda's conclusion. And that becomes our Shastra, which is the Bhagavatam on the 10th canto, which ultimately is not teaching Krishna is God, basically ultimately the idea is Narayan is God as we say the other day Krishna is something else so we agree with the Sri vaishnavas Sri Vaishnava will tell us Krishna is not God Narayan is God of course now we will say something different but in the lila we will think like Sri Vaishnav. <laughs> in the sense of Narayan is God but of course our approach to Narayan in the lila won't be the same approach as the Sri Vaishnava in Vaikuntha <laughs> to Narayan as we said the other day, no every branch of us is worshipping. Or the Gita is saying, what Krishna says in the Gita, do not worship the Devas. Worship me. But in Vrindavan, nobody is worshipping Krishna. They are worshipping the Devas. For Krishna's sake. <laughs> 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 so everything gets like up and up down. Like Krishna is saying, I am God in the Gita. Do not worship the Devas. In Vrindavan they say, Narayan is God, let's worship the Devas like they are going against the bhagavad gita but no actually the gita is pointing in all those things eventually no? but of course in the beginning we are we cannot imitate that so to enter into the braja lila it's not about just imitating the brajavasis but paying attention to how the brajavasis express themselves when they come as sadakas showing to us how to behave as sadakas so we reach the, the identity in the lila as siddhas in vrindavan so the Goswamis are not saying Krishna is not God, Narayan is God or something. No, Jiva Goswami is not saying Krishna is not God. He's writing a whole series of treatises to establish how Krishna is the Supreme Personality of God. <laughs> you read, read Krishna's and that's an amazing. He's writing a whole thousand pages treatise unfolding this line, Krishna is to Bhagavan Swayam. You have heard that line, right? Yeah. Krishna is yeah. to yeah. Bhagavan Swayam. Because I make a whole book out of that line only. <laughs> to show us what does it mean, actually, for us, Gaudias, Krishna is too, Bhagavan, so yeah. So, first we need to know Krishna is the Supreme Personality of God, Keshira Prabhupada. Every time he used the word Krishna, immediately he put that word next to, to it. Supreme Personality. Someone may say, like, editing sensibilities, tell me that to repeat that too much, I mean, not because may sound like not too good, but Prabhupada want to make a point with that, no? like establish, this is one of the main points he wants to establish, Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna is two Bhagavan Swayam. So we need to have that very clear in our mind first, so someday we forget that <laughs> in the Lila. In the Lila, again, nobody will be thinking in terms of Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, nothing like that. <laughs> and when someone comes to the Lila and says that for example recently we were celebrating uh, Govardhan Puja and we know in Govardhan Puja at one point Indra is begging forgiveness from Krishna Govinda Kund there with Suravi, and he's offered Abhishek in private and but Krishna is with some friends there and the demigods start to come and show her the flowers and coronate, coronate? crown crown Krishna like Govinda and the God of Gods. And all the Brajavasis... I mean, Krishna was with his friends at that point. Not all Brajavasis. And all his friends were like... Looking at each other like... Who are all these weird people? Mm-hmm. Coming, flying from the air. One weird people with four heads. Another had eyes in all his body. They were such weird. And they start to... When, when all the devas are leaving... And they are offering all prayers... And telling Krishna... You are God, you are this. And they're like, such a weird event today. You know? <laughs> and they return home and telling their parents, oh, we saw a weird guy with four heads and riding on a swan on the air. And they were telling Krishna, he was God. These are totally weird people. They start to joke with Krishna and to like to joke on the devas themselves. Like, who, who was that guy just full of ashes and the other one filled with eyes? Who are these... And Krishna was just laughing with them too, and all the were from the sky were like, oh again like Brahma say, who, who are you who can relate to Krishna in such an intimate way? <laughs> so again that's a very unique proposal like we find in Vrindavan. You you don't find any religious hmm. portal to, to, to the to eternity that you can relate with God in any close proximity like that. I mean generally it's like And most religions, again, people do not have a very clear idea of God, basically, to begin with. And therefore, they don't have a clear idea of the place where He is and who I will be and how I will interact with Him. Although things are not, like, very clear. And generally, there's more projection of what I experience here that should happen there, but without interruption or something. You have this... You see these ideas, people thinking... I like to do this, 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 this here. So heaven may be... I can do that there without, inter, without karmic interruption. Something like this. No? But that's more an idea close to hell than to heaven. No? Like totally selfish and exploitative. <laughs> it has nothing to do with God himself. But Brindavan is a very unique conception. Because also if you go higher than that, you may get the dutiful like, devotion of Vaikuntha, where everyone will think, okay, there is Narayan... And we love Him because He is God. He should be loved. He is God. He should be served. And everyone is doing that in, in Baikuntha. And that's beautiful in its own way. We are not just condemning the Baikuntha. They are on eternity. Be careful with committing Baikuntha aparad because <laughs> you may speak, downplay the Baikuntha basis, but they are on eternity and you are still here. <laughs> but still they are serving God out, out, out of this sense of he's god and he is to be served he doesn't need anything from me but i need to be to serve him because he's god mm. you fall but in Brindavan, that's not the psychology In Brindavan, everyone feels krishna has so much need so much necessities and we have to live to to satisfy that basically that's their in, in brief words i won't enter into detail. but every one of their friends are lovers or parents all of them know krishna is a really needy person <laughs> mm-hmm. this is what Nanda Maras told Uda when Uda was telling him in Brindavan, oh you are so fortunate that you have such love for God as a parent, as a father I never saw this that someone is loving God as a father No, I mean Uda was shocked but still he has his mixture of Ashvari and his Bhakti so he kind of avoids telling Nanda your son is God and you are loving God as a son. Wow, that's inc- he's glorifying that. That's incredible, but he still is God. And Nandamaras cannot take that one. <laughs> he will say, oh, no, no, no. I heard that you were a great personality, a great uh, pandit. I heard those things, but, but now I'm seeing the opposite here. You're such a fool saying all this nonsense. Krishna is God? <laughs> I know God. No? Nandamaras will say that. I know God. I mean, he's self-satisfied, Atmaram, he has no needs. Shanti, Purusha, he's always peaceful. And I know Krishna. He's the exact opposite of that. He has so much needs. He's always demanding things, asking things from me. And of course, he's stealing, lying, cheating. God does not behave like that. He cannot be God. (laughs) That's immediately the Siddhanta of Nanda Maharaj. That's the Vrajabhasi Siddhanta. He cannot be God. Everyone thinks like that, and even as we say, and even if they were to consider, he may be God because he's lifting a heel for a week in front of all of them, which is pretty extraordinary. <laughs> if a five-year, if your five-year-old child is lifting a, go- a heel like Goberton for a week in front of your face with this little finger, you start to wonder, like, what's going on with my child or something. <laughs> I mean, I think there's something special about him <laughs> before that everyone was speaking about Krishna did this, did that, but mostly all those extraordinary things were seen only by Krishna's friends so the elders in Vrindavan were just saying oh this child are speaking crazy stuff oh Krishna killed this demon and did this thing, yeah, 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 yeah. child talk, they're always creating some new movie but well, when he left Govardhan, that was all Vrindavan was witnessing that so it was like more, what to do with them now So some were thinking maybe he's God. And when they say that to Nanda she'd basically say, well, he may be God, but first he's my son. Try to imagine that reply. I mean, to to, to reply in that way, (laughs) your bhava has to be... And and, and every time he hears that things, his Vatsalya rises more to the top even. That's what Vishwanachaka Bharati Thakur does in his analysis, says in his analysis of... of 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 Raghav, of the brajbhad. He says like like the example of the mother, no? his her son is a president and the mother says he he won't become like in, she won't become intimidated, oh my son is the president now. Oh at some distance from the president. He will feel oh my baby now is the president. How beautiful my baby. Her batsalya will grow in the face of Aishvarya. Aishvarya will be the president. Maduria or intimacy will be my, bo- my baby. You follow? So that's how it works in Vrindavan. Even if you put Aishvarya in between, Krishna lifting a heel or whatever, Krishna being offered prayers by the associates of Varuna and Nanda witnessing that or any other thing, the psychology of, of the Brajavasis is such that whatever comes in the way increases their feeling of intimacy toward Krishna. Whatever. Maybe overt Aish, Aishvarya or Overt maduria Every, everything makes their maduria increase maduria mean, i mean here intimacy so some general words of on the bhava of, of the brajavasis which is again very very unique and and of course it's it's nice to pay to to, to also know that bhava go into the lila because in the lila you are seeing all those brajavasis behaving as sadakas and showing so many ingredients which are part of the psychology of the Vrajavasi, but which you may not be able to appreciate by looking at the Vrajalila. By looking at Rupa Manjari, you may not be able to grasp all that you find in Rupa Goswami, which is there in in Rupa Manjari. But since the lila is not requiring some of those elements, they do not come to the surface. Srila Siddharth Maras will give the example of of the United States. He'll say, United States is the most powerfully... Uh, at least at that time he said mm-hmm. militarily militarily speaking weaponed country not like uh, weaponed you say like armed country mm-hmm. yeah. but you do not see like tanks and guns like parading on the street on a daily basis because that will like interrupt the the, the harmony on the daily flow <coughs> but those things are there mm-hmm. and if someone attacks the country whew, all things come t- to the surface so similarly, he says in Vrindavan, there is full Aishvarya, there is full knowledge, full detachment, but those things are not necessary in the daily dynamics of the Lila. But when those things are necessary, they come, and you see that in Gaur Lila. When those brajavasis when come to the world as sadakas, they show so much detachment and knowledge and certain things that need to be, Expressed in the context of a Rupa Goswami, Jiva Goswami, but in the Braja Lila they all seem like uncivilized village girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They want, they don't know a single verse from Shastra. <laughs> it's say, cold one verse, they will just. <laughs> but when they come in Gour Lila as a, as they go Goswami, oh, how much knowledge do they have? <laughs> so it's another another important way of understanding the the Bhav of, of Braj to go through Golila because so many things are... And Golila, as we know, is the... <coughs> I will say in many ways the, the ultimate reach of Braj-lila. Because in the highest point of the Braj-lila, where Krishna is witnessing the, the, the maximum degree of Radharani's love for him, at that highest point of Braj-lila, that's the point when he wants to experience her own Bhav. And that gives rise to Gaur-lila. So Gorlila is not something inferior to Krishna Lila or a, a bridge that takes us to Krishna Lila but when you go as as high okay. as you can in Krishna Lila the result of that is Gorlila. <laughs> so that's, it's, it's very important to, to establish that connection. So to finish some brief words of Tat Babichatmika which is what we call Manjari Bab and Basically, that has to do with the love of the Gopis and, of course, of certain Gopis, because to speak in terms of Madhurya Rasa is still a very uh, general way of speaking. Srila Rupa Goswami makes many divisions of different Gopis also. Uh, Priya Sakis and Nitya Sakis and Sakis and Priyanarma Sakis, that's another name for the Manjaris. So basically, Tat Tat Babichat is uh, what we could say the, the ultimate highest reach of the Gaudiya Sampradaya which is the extension of what Mahaprabhu Krishna's Mahaprabhu himself came to taste. Mahaprabhu came to taste Radha Bhav and he's uh, Krishna entering into the shoes of Sri Radha, if you will al- allowed to do so by her grace and mercy and uh, but we cannot do that I mean we are not Mahaprabhu you cannot just do this, the same thing. So as close as we can get from what Mahaprabhu experienced will be the experience of the manjuris. The closest mm-hmm. you can get to Radhavav is what the manjuris experience by attaching themselves to Radha's own experience. And you use in English this expression, Vicarious, vicariously, by identifying, by empathy, by identifying with the other's experience, that comes to oneself so basically the psychology of the manjaris is what they call Radha's snehadika where they are partial to, to to her some gopis are sometimes partial to krishna sometimes partial to radha others partial to krishna and others only partial to radha and those will be the ones in this particular mood that which is another way of speaking of Manjari Bhav, Babalashrati, or Adhadasim, which is one of the two divisions of bab The other one is Jamai, where where the gopis, sorry to torture you with so many terms and classifications, where um, certain gopis want direct connection with Krishna, basically direct association. And, and And in the case of the Manjaris, they do not want that. Even though if Krishna sometimes tries to... There are many verses in Shastu saying that Radha Ranga Satyodaya Kalasanchana Prakriya Chaturyodharame Shivam Ham Govind Sampradaye Yena Sesava Dhanavatamanorajaprabanchaavadhana Sukhambhavadanga Sangama Rasepya Lambati Mangmana. That's a famous verse which depicts the psychology of the Manjari, which is praying to Krishna. Krishna, when Krishna is trying to, sometimes she Radha herself is sending Krishna and going try to have some affairs with her. No. She knows the manjari is not at all into that, but she's pleased to see the whole interaction. So Krishna will go and try to speak sweetly to the manjari and to introduce himself, if you will, and this and that. And the manjari will start to... There, that's a moment when, when we as man- someone as manjari can pray to Krishna. <laughs> Krishna, please, I don't want anything to do with you, basically. I don't want you alone, Basically. I want you, but next to my Swamini, next to my mistress. That's the perfection of my eyes. Radha and Krishna. Radha, Krishna, Pranamora, Yuga, Lakishur Jivani, Marani, Rati, That's what Narutanda Sarko is singing. My Ista the Ista Dev of the Mantra of course in one sense it's Srirada, but it's not Srirada alone. They don't want just her alone lamenting in separation from Krishna. Mm-hmm. They leave for creating the union between the Yugal, between the, the divine couple. So that's their the perfection of their lives, basically. So so I will say that hardly that that will be the the the, the, the or the object of their staibhav, you no, know, to have the the two of them hmm, in place. So Manjari very similarly to and that's an interesting point at least for me sometimes manjars are called priyanarma sakis so on the side of madhurya above you have priyanarma sakis and on sakya above you have priyanarma sakhas whose bab sometimes is called sakhi bab interestingly because it's 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 so empathic towards krishna's romantic life that it it gets too close to also the moods of the <coughs> manjars that are arranging everything to to create the meeting of radha and krishna and Armasagas are making similar <clears throat> efforts on the Sakya camp if you will <laughs> to create that because I mean we need so many players in the Lila to, to make the meeting of Radha and Krishna happen it's not just we need this manjari and that's enough you know? so many elements, opposition elements that will create the tension and so on so mostly Tat Tat Chadmika has to do with that No, that Gupi will conclude by trying to have direct union with Krishna, that affords a certain degree of, of rasa, if you will, like, like an independent naika or heroine may try to. But by attaching myself to a naika, naika is again an aesthetic term like heroine used in drama, and Rupa Goswami resorts to that language in his Hujbal Nilamani. By attaching myself to Radha, my experience vicariously will be higher than if I tried to have meet, direct meeting with Krishna, basically. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that experience, the vicarious experience is such that it even manifests sometimes in the manjaris, like uh, physically. A no? famous example is the first person, Bilabh Kusumanjali, where, where, in brief words, uh, Raghunadas Goswami, as, as Rati Manjari speaking to Rupa Manjari like joking, because she has like some biting on her lips, We generally it is described in Shastras when some passionate kissing is there, some biting of the lips. So one man is choking to another. What happened in your Bimba red lips? Some some pirate came and beaten there, or, or, or what? No? The, uh, and and your husband is not at home now, so maybe a parrot did that. No? Like implying it was Krishna. <clears throat> And the conclusion of the Acharya of the is like, but the manjari won't allow that to happen directly with Krishna. So how did it happen? Well, it happened between, in, in, in Radha's lips. But since the manjari is vicariously attached to Radha's experience, it's so attached to that, so identified with that, that if, if that biting comes in Radha's lips, it manifests in the manjari's lips by way of identification with what's going on with her, no? So, something like that is basically, and that's why, technically speaking, a manjar is in Madhurya Rasa, with Krishna. Again, it's not having direct connection, but it's experiencing those things, no? <clears throat> and of course, again, generally, the, the description is Radha Dasyam. It's a servile disposition that she has towards Shri in connection with with the union with Krishna but she will always take sides with Srirada in any particular situation in which there may be some conflict Krishna may have mis misbehaved or went with some other group they will never side with Krishna <laughs> basically <laughs> <laughs> they will always side with their Praneshwari their Swami, and they will even sometimes like criticize Krishna basically and tell Krishna to go away and not allow him into the arbor into the Nikunj you know, because <coughs> even if and, and Krishna will have to fall That that's one of the main points that our chairs make you know? everyone is falling at the feet of Krishna and praying to him please give me entrance into whatever but Krishna is falling to the feet of the manger is praying to them please allow me to enter and have darshan of your mistress you know? so what was the position of, of, of those mistresses basically you no know? So some ideas, of course, there are certain <coughs> books that one can study in further detail for getting more familiar with the, the technical details of the manjaris and the age and this and that, but mostly with the bhava, with the mod, which, is, which are some of the books that are composed by our Goswamis, which are full of prayers, which show how a manjari approaches her mistress, which disposition very servile disposition which is an important point as we were saying the other day like you have a gopi carrying cow dung as Srila Mara said and he said everyone wants to be a gopi but not everyone not everyone wants to do that (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) But big part of being a gopi or a saki or a manger is on a daily basis you are doing many of the things I mean you are cleaning and cooking and dressing and arranging it's not that you are just like Whatever. Enjoying through the arbor, the union of the divine. That's one part, but there are so many other things. And of course, for for someone there, all those things are totally, equally glorious. Now, it's not like, oh, this and that, and so on. So. Anyhow, <clears throat> almost running two hours here, so I, you have to return. It's a little late, and maybe some there is there. My well, so, have a question. Okay.
2: She she wanted to ask uh, how to find a Guru. How of, how she can be sure that this person is my Guru. And building on that, I have another question. This <laughs> <So laughs> is too tricky. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, what is the role of Diksha Guru? Like we heard that uh, Diksha Guru connects you to the parampara. And uh, <clears throat> So yeah, but the main role is 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 of chiksha guru, and we also heard from Gargoying Maharaj that uh, what do, what he asked him like who do how do you, who do you say that he's is a guru? So Maharaj said that uh, one who occupies your heart. Hmm. So how do you identify? Because that means like there can be someone else apart from Diksha guru who can be your guru, but then. Uh, so how to understand all this? Like whether I'm doing it right, whether I'm doing it wrong? Because there are many you, talk, you come across many sadhus, and you really like like them, but then you're not sure whether you're doing it right or wrong, or you know. So how to understand hmm.
0: that? Indeed. keep in touch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I may reply briefly because that's a, a whole discussion. That's long topic. No. So, and we can, of course, continue speaking somehow. But, so I will say how, how, to, how to find a guru. I will say that, of course, it's, it's, as they say sometimes, no? Krishna is the one who takes you to your guru, and then the guru takes you to Krishna. <laughs> but also you have to be prepared for finding a guru, because the guru may be there, but uh, that's what I tell, tell people sometimes they say uh, I, where, where is my guru? where is my guru?" but I sh- you should ask first to yourself where, where I am as a disciple where I, where I am I me as a disciple because my guru may be here, but if I'm not where I should be as a disciple, I may not feel the guru because you have to be a disciple it's not just have, finding a guru but you have to be a disciple. You have to be willing to do what a disciple is expected to do. Because if not, it makes no sense to have a guru. And you may not feel like I have a guru because just you don't want to be a disciple. I'm not saying that's your case or anyone's, but that can happen. If, if I'm not ready to be a disciple, probably I, I won't find a guru. Not because there are no gurus. Maybe the guru is here. <laughs> but I'm like, looking somewhere else. So, I, I will mention that first because, again, it's a 50-50 equation. It's not just, oh, Gurudev is everything. Of course, one will feel Gurudev is everything, but it doesn't mean that I have, I don't have to do anything. Mm. No? Gurudev will ask you, you do your part also. <laughs> He's doing his part, she's doing her part, but we are expected to do something. It's not just, in the name of, Gurudev is so great, I'm being lazy. It doesn't work like that. So teacher student. You no, know, one depends on the other one says if there is no student there is no teacher and vice versa so <clears throat> so I would say that if one is really willing to be a disciple and one is feeling the need to have a guru it's not so much I want a guru but it's I need a guru so one will have to reach that point it's not just I want oh my friends have a guru I'm the only one who doesn't have <laughs> social pressure or something <laughs> so many years and no, not a guru what will they say about me not because of that but you really have to feel I need so when we reach the point of I need and you are on a certain level aware of what's expected from a disciple and certain surrender and disposition and humility and willing to learn not in a forced way but in a natural way I mean Krishna is in, in everyone's heart so he knows where we are like um, cooked on the point, ready to be, like, offered, if you will, to the Guru or something. So the arrangements will come that we will meet that person, or those persons, <laughs> connect to your question. And I will say that the experience has to be like, like, you tell me, like, like the famous example, you lived in a the, in the cave, and you never saw the sun, and, 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 and I tell you, I will show you the sun, and you tell me, okay, when, one minute did I have to get a candle, to see the sun, because if you live all your life in a cave, you, you are accustomed to see everything with a candle. Mm-hmm. So I tell you, you don't need a candle for the sun. I say, No, no, no. The sun itself will show it to you. You will be able to see the sun by the sun's grace, if you will. So something like that will have to be with the guru. I mean, you have to feel, <coughs> as sometimes they say, self evident or self effulgent, mm-hmm. like. Not necessarily because you see some light or something. <laughs> because sometimes they want to have this, like... Sometimes, I not know, psychedelic ideas or something. <laughs> Has to be some lights and colors and I have to feel floating or... Maybe it's not... But you have to feel... How to say Like that person is speaking my heart, basically. That, that person is sharing, saying all the things that I would like to say. I never knew how to put it in words. But those personalities are like describing all those things and more in such a clear way. Yeah. Trilasir Maras once said and I loved, and I always quote that every time we speak about Guru. He just defined what's a Guru? Someone asked what's Guru? He said Guru is your uh, your own potential appearing in front of you. So the point is that person will show you all that you can be. And you will feel that when you are in front of that person. Yeah. You will feel I can become all that. And you feel so much hope and so much inspiration, like, that's what I can be, that's all that I can become. And I'm feeling from that person instruction and love and affection and inspiration to become all those things. (laughs) So it's like, I want to surrender there. Of course, the the natural thing will be, I want to give myself in that direction fully. (laughs) So that has to happen in a natural way. It cannot be like, he's your guru, you should feel that with that person, is surrendering that, and you, feel, and you say, I don't feel like that. It's okay, I mean, you, you kind of like, force yourself like to surrender. The, the charm of surrender is, it's voluntary. I mean, I'm giving myself because I, I choose to do so. It's, it's, I mean, you have to choose to love Krishna. It's not like, you reach Golokbendavan. Why? Why you came here? Oh, someone forced me to come here. <laughs> of course, you never will reach there like that. <laughs> so it doesn't work like that. So it has to be unres- unresistible. You say, mm. like charming. I mean, Krishna is all attractive. So that same all-attractive force will express through, through guru, and you will feel like called in that direction. I cannot resist. It's, it's too much. Unless that comes, better wait. (laughs) Because also, we are not in a rush. It's not like, oh, no, no, I need to have a guru now. If not have a guru, I will accept whoever comes, so I have a guru. In time, it won't be good to make that choice. Because, I mean, what's the value of just having a guru if you don't feel giving your whole heart to that person? (laughs) And you don't feel that person is giving their heart to you because it's reciprocal. So... One needs to take time and, 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 and whenever that comes. So, and regarding Diksha, Siksha, your question, I'm being brief again. Each question can be re- replied in a whole meeting only, yeah. but we'll have some more time in Delhi to sure, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> so, <clears throat> and regarding Diksha, Siksha, of course, Diksha is, is important, it's crucial, and, and Siksha is equally important. It's like if I ask you what's more important, the seed of the water that will water the seed you cannot say one and the other the two are crucial in the equation so Diksha is like the seed (coughs) Guru is giving mantra. no so mantra. that's the most important thing of Diksha it's not so much whatever the externals of the ritual sometimes of the fire and move your finger like this and do this mudra and and now I have a new name quite cool Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Of course, nice that you have a new name, especially the the surname, Das. That's the most important thing. (laughs) But the main aspect of the interaction in Diksha is Guru is is, is giving his own heart, her own heart, in the form of mantra, sound, and transpassing that to your heart. And you are receiving some very specific bhakti samskars, devotional impressions, in that moment. The seed is being sown in a particular direction. And Siksha is nourishing that. And of course, generally the case is that the Diksha Guru in many cases will be the main Siksha Guru for the disciple, but that's not necessarily always the case. Sometimes the Siksha Guru may be someone else. There may be more than one Siksha Guru. That's in Shastra is clear. There cannot be more than one Diksha Guru because there's only the mantra is the same. You follow? Yeah. That the Diksha is given. So you don't need more than one Diksha because the mantra is the same. <laughs> So Diksha is one, Diksha Guru is one, but Siksha, the water that nourishes that seed, can be unlimited. Of course, that's not an excuse to, I have unlimited Siksha Gurus, and, 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 and maybe you don't have any of them, actually. <laughs> because we need to commit in some direction also. So, But yeah, sometimes even Siksha Gurus can be different from the Diksha Guru and can be even more important. In, in some moment of our life, their role can be more Crucial than the one that is coming from the Diksha Guru. It can happen. And it's not necessarily wrong. There's place for that. I'm not saying that will happen or something, but it can happen. We see in the history, in many cases, of great personalities who received certain Diksha from someone, but their Diksha Siksha Gurus were more more prominent. Like Krishna Das Vrasko Swami. Generally, we never hear who is his Diksha Guru. But we always hear his connection with Das Goswami in terms of Siksha. And once someone asks Siddha Siddha something similar to what Siddha Gurga Mara said, someone asks, who is more important, Diksha Guru or Siksha Guru? And he said, the one who is helping you the most. Period. I mean, common sense. <laughs> <laughs> common sense. It's not so difficult. <laughs> he makes things easier. It's not like, who is Diksha or Siksha you are creating like a dichotomy in your mind, like separating. Like the di- Actually, Diksha and Siksha are two functions of the same department. Um, guru is one. Guru Tatwa is, is one. Guru Tattwa is one principle, and it expresses itself in different ways. Mm-hmm. Krishna Daskar says, Mother Mohan is the presiding deity of Diksha. Govinda is the presiding deity of Siksha. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, Mahmohan and Govindaji are the same person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but different aspects of function. So when we say Diksha or Siksha, we are speaking about different functions of the same principle. It's not like a competition among one or the other. At least it should not be. <laughs> you fault So if you have a Diksha Guru and, and you are being inspired by a Siksha Guru, or more than one Siksha Guru, if, if everything is in place... Because also, you should, one should learn how to be inspired. It's not just, I like that class, I like that curtain, and I go anywhere and everywhere. And somehow it's kind of a cheap inspiration without commitments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You follow? Because if I get inspired, I have to surrender there. I have to give myself. There. I cannot do that with every single person on earth. So It has to be at some point limited in one level. It's, I mean you can have many Siksha gurus but you cannot have that many either <laughs> if you follow my phone you have
2: to have some commitment if I say commitment.
0: I have three thousand f- of course when you are super advanced everything becomes your Siksha guru in the sense that everything is speaking to you about Krishna like Mahaprabhu saying Chatak Parvat and Skogodan and the hills and everything is everything is udipana stimulant mm. but you cannot imitate that so so yeah we have to begin with one guru just begin with one to begin with <laughs> and learn to surrender in that direction and if you properly do that exercise gradually, some other gurus for sure will come because that the teaching, the very Chaitanya Charitamrita starts like that. The, bari, the first two words of Chaitanya Charitamrita, which are those Vande Gurum Kam Tat Krishna Chaitanya Samyakam First two words, Vande Gurum Krishna Dakarita said gurum, Gurun is plural he's not saying I offer pranam to my guru he's saying I offer pranam to the gurus to my gurus first two words of the whole lila, like trying to say if you don't get this at the beginning, you don't get everything that follows <laughs> so there is place for a plurality of gurus and ultimately we want to enter the land of gurus, as Silesi will say Brindavan is the land of gurus even the dust is my guru there but again, begin with one. <laughs> and then that one, if that one is a real guru, naturally, that person will connect you with other sadhus. A real guru won't tell you, you only come to me forever. In the beginning, it may say that. Sula Prabhupada said that in the beginning because that was perfect. Of course, there was nobody else apart from him at that time, <laughs> for many of his disciples, but also he understood if, if my early disciples hear from many, they will get like confused and diluted in many directions so they need to focus in one direction learn to surrender in one direction and eventually they will grow he gave the example of the fence no And, and all this they put the seed the first sprout comes but there's a fence the guru puts a fence listen for me nobody else me it sounds like wow pretty sectarian but there's a purpose to that it's a protective protective fence because you are too weak to, if you hear many things, you get confused. So just here, unidirectional. But when you are growing, you root yourself. The, the, the sprout is growing and it starts to grow above the fence at one point. And you start to see, oh, there is a whole world outside the fence. But at that point, you have the strength to deal with that because you are properly rooted that. You follow. So in the same way, the guru will, in the beginning, say, just listen to me. Nothing else. But in time, Srila Prabhupada himself said, go for six to Srila Siddha Maharaj. He opened gradually here and there. So there is place for that, but we have to have the capacity of that. No? Sometimes in the name of having many gurus, we end, end up having no guru at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I've heard people say, I don't want one guru because I don't want to limit myself to one guru. But I, I want everyone to be my guru. But for reaching that point you need a guru first <laughs> to reach everyone is my guru. So by saying everyone is my guru you don't have any guru you actually have zero guru altogether. <laughs> so, so yeah. shiksha Diksha that shouldn't be a conflict in us. No? It's, it's, everyone is serving the same interest. If gurus are bona fide they will be only concerned my guru put, put this like that I, let me close with this one story he shared that I really appreciate. He says the Guru is a servant of the disciple's Shraddha. That's the role of the Guru. Guru is a service. Guru is not here, hey guys, here I am, I'm the Guru, I'm the big guy Mm -hmm. here, all of you serve me. No, the Guru's own psychology, if you want to survive as a Guru (laughs) and not go crazy in that situation, is I'm a servant of everyone and I'm a servant of the faith, of the Shraddha. Of, of the disciples, I'm there to honor that and to 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 nourish that properly, whatever it takes. You follow? If, if if a guru feels the faith of my student will be better nourished in association with that sadhu, I or whoever as a guru shouldn't feel oh if I connect him with him maybe he gets more inspired there, he's not more inspired with me, so what? <laughs> if that person really will be nourished in that direction and you know that and you know you cannot do much more from your side, you should make the arrangement to facilitate. It's not about who gets inspired with whom and who has more disciples and who, I mean, it's not like a business of competition of having more people but getting them to to go up and down and eat and out. (laughs) So once my Guru Maharaj gave this example that I really appreciated, Uh, he told me once one devotee came to me, uh, he had been uh, initiated and reinitiated like three times in Iskand. After Prabhupada's passing away, you know, I, I won't enter the details, but there were some problems there with some of the devotees who were given initiation in those years. So some of them were not able to continue serving as gurus. So some devotees accepted one of them, then they had to accept someone else and the other one also left they had to take someone else so it's a pretty it can be a pretty traumatic experience no so i pray that no, nobody of you have to go through that. because it's complex no i mean you put your faith you give yourself and then oh it's not working let's try again it's not working <laughs> but somehow this devotee after three reinitiations <laughs> still had like the desire to continue practicing and taking shelter into some Guru. So he went to my Guru Maharaj, <clears throat> and all well, my Guru Maharaj accepted him in the context of trying to serve his strata and, and help him to continue. So everything went well for some time, but uh, one second, it's coming and going, and subscribe so, so every time I'm activating. So, but after some time, my Guru Maharaj told me I could feel that. Cor- cor- I knew him, he told me, and I knew all the things that he went through. So I could feel in his particular situation, he's not able to fully take advantage of, of his connection with me. And what he feels, what he needs, he, he told me, is, in his particular situation, is to have an Indian guru that is very old in age. Which again, is something relative but for the structure of some people who have gone through some experiences with younger Western gurus, somehow he felt, he he tried with three of them and it failed. Now he's trying with me, it's going well, but somehow I'm similar to the other ones in terms of I'm Western and similar age. And somehow that triggers in him some some obstacle. Mm -hmm. So he needs to to transcend that but he cannot transcend by himself so maybe some external change will help so I think it may help to him to take shelter into some old Indian guru <laughs> See, he thought. so he thought Srila Bhakti promote Puri Maharaj which by the way today is his Thirobab Mahotsav Titi Srila Bhakti Pramod Puri Goswami Maharaj Kija. Disappearance of Srila Puri Maharaj so so my Guru Maharaj thought and he was a Siksha disciple of Srila Purimaras at the time. So he thought someone like Srila would perfectly fulfill that role that he needs in order to fully surrender and nourish his Shraddha. So I appreciate that he was not concerned at, oh, but he will go to him and I will lose him as a disciple. I mean, he was just concerned what will help you the most? What will work best for you? Even to the point if, if I need to, if you need to be stop being my disciple, if you want, if you will, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> so, he, he took, he told him, go to Srila Puri Maharaj and ask reinitiation from him. The fourth one. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and he went to Srila Puri Maharaj and Srila Puri Maharaj didn't accept because he said, who is your guru? Sila Tripura Maharaj. Say, but he's a bona fide acharya. He's doing well. Why, why? I mean, you cannot accept another guru if your guru is, I mean, well, in well standing, in good standing. But he said, no, no, but he sent me here. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's... I, I need to speak to him. To, I mean, I, I, I can't... Because Sila Purimash was very careful not to do something improperly and, and downplay some Vaishnav and Vaishnav opera and so on. He was a personification of non-Vaishnava opera basically. No? <clears throat> so the point, eventually, Sila Purimash spoke with my Guru Maharaj and my Guru Maharaj... Uh, told him, yes, yeah, yes, I sent him to you. This happened to him, this is his story, and I feel this is the best for him. So please, accept him. <clears throat> Fusura Prumas accepted him. Even though, technically speaking, you shouldn't reinitiate someone coming from a guru that is in well stand, good standing, but again, common sense. <laughs> What's best for you? If it, this is not working, and you are losing your strata, this will work better, and it's Improper arrangement between the sadhus is not just a whimsical thing. You know, like there's place for that. So again, my point is the concern of the gurus: what will work best for your strada? And I'm fully for that, whatever form it takes. If you remain with me, with not with not without me in this institution, (laughs) again, not in a whimsical sense. No, but because sometimes disciples may say, "I'm not inspired here. I'm inspired there," but maybe the disciple is being whimsical there and the guru may need to correct him <laughs> that's place for that but sometimes there's place for the other thing as well So, again, not black and white so many shades of considerations according to each specific case so. ok, 2 hours and 20 minutes so I think we can stop here Srila Gurudev ki jai Sriman Mahapur ki jai Sri Arinam Sanhirtan ki jai mm. <coughs> Kartik Vrata Ki Jai Sri dham Ki Jai yeah. Sri Radha Kundasham Kundaki Ki Jai yeah. Kiriraj Maharaj yeah. Ki Jai yeah. Gaur Bhakta Vrindha Ki Jai yeah. Tira Bhav Mahaut Bhakti Pramopuri Goswami Maharaj Ki Jai yeah. Gaur Pramandha yeah.